My name is Prince Dr. J, and I'm not allowed to listen to single simulcasts. Why not? Because I'm not over 18. So if you're not over 18, what's that mean? You're not allowed to listen to single simulcasts. Or what? The dream team? What'll happen if you listen to either one of those? I don't listen. But what would happen if you did listen? What do you think would happen? What's the worst case scenario if you listen to those shows? What do you think would happen to you? It would get boring. Damn. What do you think? (laughs) One. Single. Simulcast. Single Simulcast, episode 222. Uh, Shantae Fantastics in the building. Uh, at Shantae Fabulous on the Twitter. Uh, I'm in the building. I'm Rashani. And Fat Man Wild's in the building. Um, thank you so much for stopping by. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate you taking out the time to uh, check us out. If you're doing so, uh, which you are, otherwise, how could you be hearing my uh, wonderful voice? Uh, you're checking us out either at singlesimulcast.com, which is still the movement. Um, you could be checking us out on Stitcher. Uh, hopefully, Google Play, uh, because I just went through an absolute war trying to get them to uh, put our show onto their website. Uh, so I'm hoping that that played out well, because they said it did, and I don't like being lied to. Um, you could also be checking us out on TuneIn Radio, and there's some other ones as well. Thank you to everybody who continuously um, shares our shows. Uh, thank you to everybody who continuously listens to the show. Thank you to everybody who supports the show through buying T-shirts, through uh, donating to the show, things of that nature. Um, and thank you to you for listening. We really, really do uh, appreciate your everything. We just appreciate you. Um, the voicemail number is 916 916- five seven two nine zero one six and that's another way to really just help out with the show if 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 you uh can't do nothing else leave a voicemail uh call us let us know what you think uh let us know what you think about some of the stuff we talk about if you have a topic that you'd like to run past us go ahead and give us a call uh we are open to most conversations most most uh for a while i'll be getting calls from bill collectors I'm not open to those conversations, not open to those conversations at all, especially since they're not my bills. And I'm not saying that like they're my beloved wife's bills or even my kids bills. Um, They're literally calling for a different woman uh, who gave everybody apparently a fake number. And so I get like two calls a day from bill collectors looking for some woman named Nancy. Nancy Tran, whoever you are, please call these bill collectors and let them know who you really are and where you, where you're really from. Cause I answer too many dead air calls that then lead to, hello. This is a courtesy call from Bill Collectors USA. If you're Nancy Tran, please stay on the line. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm tired of it. So, Nancy, take responsibility for your actions. Come get your kids. Um, Let me see. Email address. 
single simulcast at gmail.com uh send us an email we'll read them on the show we'll uh deal with whatever uh topics or thoughts you have so if you want to again get your uh, voice on the show or if you want to um have an opportunity to have your opinion heard on the show uh go ahead and just leave us an email leave us a voicemail we'll we'll rap with you um you can also we are definitely asking that you leave a review for the show on itunes um I don't know the link to that off the top of my head, but it's everywhere. Like, if you just type in single simulcast in iTunes, it'll pop up. And every so often, I put it on Facebook, too. So just leave a review. Um, let us know what you think. We'll uh, take those as they come. Um, Shantae is on Pinterest. Uh, Shantae is on Instagram. Shantae is on Snapchat. And she's on Facebook at Shantae Fabulous. Oh, and on Twitter at Shantae Fabulous. Um, I'm on all of them except for Snapchat because I, I still haven't stepped into that world yet. Um, in my mind, Snapchat is still for the kids. So I got to step my youngster game up uh, before I go on there and um, start begging my wife to send me nudes. That's what Snapchat's for, right? I'm just guessing that it's for sending nudes and sliding into DMs and setting up gang fights uh, between. I mean, that's what it used to be for. Now, what's it for? Not you. Well, I think initially when Snapchat came out, because you could send a, a picture or a video to someone and they would see it and then it would immediately disappear, a lot of people were using it for nudes. But. They got the whole thing with the filters and a lot of people just, it's just another form of social media. You know, there's lots of companies on Snapchat and they'll show stuff like there's all kinds of makeup companies on Snapchat. So they'll show this product or that product that's coming out or this person will show this type of thing or that or this or clothes or there's all kinds of different things. Yes, you could send news. You could ask your wife for news. But you don't have to get news. I guess you don't have to. It doesn't have to be your place for news if you don't want it to be. So I am not obligated to send my wife a nude on Snapchat. I can send her. That's where all of those pictures of people looking like dogs and with the flower heads are coming from, huh? Yeah. Yep. And, And then that's also where... Like the uh, stupid pictures that have nothing to do with anything, and then they just write like a title across the screen. That's Snapchat too. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like yeah. Depending on what it looks like, yes, that's Snapchat. Instagram also has something similar called Instagram Stories. Now, Instagram doesn't have the filters, like the same kind of dog filter and the flower crown and all that different kind of stuff. All you can really do on Instagram is just either take a video, take a picture, and put text over the picture. That's really all you can do on Instagram. But it's still kind of the same thing. You know, you put it out there, um, you can send it to someone, and it won't, I think it maybe will be available for 24 hours. But then once that 24 hours is up, it disappears. And it's gone forever. I like that. 
I like that. Well, never mind. I can't get nudes on Instagram. They're too good at it. Somewhere, somehow. Well, never mind. I'm not trying to put my business out. Yeah. She going to get these nudes. My wife. I don't think that that's sexual harassment, right? If I send my wife unsolicited dick pics, like everybody else, maybe. But my wife, like that's, that's what friends are for, right? Like to pick her up on a bad day, just... Uh, she gets, uh, on her phone, uh, like when she's sitting at work in a meeting, she gets a ring-a-ling and she looks and it's my ding-a-ling. And that's just how marriage goes. Like, oops, pal, surprise. Like, hey. And then I'll put a title underneath it. Like, um, I was thinking shrimp for dinner. (laughs) So, you know, uh, hit me back and um yeah and so the instagram ones are the ones that disappear now because my biggest fear is that uh one of our kids will be playing video games on our phone on her phone because i don't let them touch my phone uh but on her phone and we'll be scrolling through and accidentally uh see big dick willie johnson floating through the interwebs and freak themselves out um like fall out the window or something like that they'd be so shocked and i don't want that to happen to my kids so instagram stories disappears but snapchat is well they both no well no neither one of them are forever like if you like here's the thing with snapchat if the the thing about snapchat like they have something called snap well what is it i guess it's snapchat stories i guess that's what it's called i don't know but you can create snaps that will say that will be available for 24 hours and those are usually just the snaps of uh you know like oh you're walking down the street or you take a picture of something you know kind of the things that you kind of want everybody to see then there are you can also take snaps and send them directly to a person and those snaps uh will disappear as soon as that person sees it like they will have however many seconds to watch that snap they'll be able to replay that snap if they want and then that snap is gone so that's the situation where i guess if you want to send nisha a a dick pic or something like you send it directly to nisha nisha will open it up she will see it she can look at it again if she wants (laughs) and then and then it's gone and then that's it there's no there's a, and now let's say she screenshot that dick pic i guess you would get a notification saying nisha screenshotted your snap you know so you would know that she wanted to to see that picture longer than the the two times she had the the chance or whatever she wants to see it in you know perpetuity i guess i guess that's the right word she wants that forever yeah Yeah. so so okay so i was thinking that because it's the holiday season i'm gonna send her a dick pic with a text that says can you pick up some eggnog I mean, I hope she's into it. She doesn't like eggnog at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
seriously though, don't do dick pics. It's just not a good idea unless they're into it, and you know, if you, you and this other significant other have a strong relationship and an understanding. Don't just send unsolicited dick pics. It's not the business. I'm being deadly serious. No dick pics. So, um, strange uh, segue. Um. My son and I were riding home. I have two of them. And so we were all three riding to my basketball practice. And my eldest son, Triple, um, was telling me about how the, tomorrow, I believe, he's going to the local college, the local university, uh, to um, work on a greenhouse. Uh, one of the things that he's been doing in his engineering class was building a greenhouse model design uh, that they're actually going to build and use at his school. So he, out of his classmates or whatever, out of his, out of the class, um, the teacher chose his design, uh, to be, and found it to be the most, uh, environmentally sound. So they're going to go ahead and take his design. They're going to, uh, lay it out on AutoCAD. They're going to build it from the ground up. And then it's going to be at the school going forward, which I thought was awesome. That is awesome. That is great. Cause that's something that, I mean, that's, that's on his resume. He's like, I did this, you know, like I created this and that's for, you know, possibly forever. You know, exactly. You can look back 10 or 15 years from now and say like, this is the first thing that I designed right here at, you know, at my former high school. Like that's dope. And no matter what they take from him, they can't take away his dignity. Cause he did, he did that. Like no matter what, he can say that, look, I invented this. I took this step. I and and this is the uh, the school is in a uh, neighborhood that is in the process of being gentrified, but right now it's not there yet. So pretty soon, I figured there'll be people who are like sitting around that drinking like chai tea or whatever it's called, and um, he'll be able to say, yeah, I did that. So I was pretty proud of that. So they're going to. The school around here is Sac State, which is um, what I found out from the older my kids get, the the more involved I get with uh, finding out college requirements. And my kids uh, all get pretty good grades, like between 3.3 and 3.9. Devin doesn't count because he's in fourth grade. It's like, okay, you got a 4.0 in fourth grade. I'm not really. I mean, it's hard work for him, you know, because he's in it. But for you right. standing on the outside looking and you're like, nigga, you just did like three digit multiplication. I can do that. I know that. I can do it with my eyes closed. So he shows me his grades and I'm like, eh. <laughs> eh. Eh. I'm not. That don't impress me much. But it does. Oh. He's doing it. He's in those streets and he's struggling. He's not struggling, but he's the one who's actually working to get it done. So the fact that he's pulling his grades are also very impressive. Um, but with Triple being um, a sophomore now, and, uh, you know, that's when they really start looking at colleges. Well, they start looking at college before that, but the next year is when they start applying in earnest and taking uh, – SATs and all that kind of stuff. So 
we've been doing research and we found out that Sac State is not a college that anybody wants to go to because apparently they take anybody. Like if you have a 1.9 GPA, you can go to Sac State. Oh, wow. And this is a uh, university. It's not a community college. It's, it's a real thing. I was just shocked that they do that because right up the block um, at Stanford, you if you have a 4.0, you'll be lucky to get in. You know, and at Berkeley, you got to have like a 4.25 to get in. But at Sac State, a 1.9 will get you in. And then we were talking about other schools in the area that have that same affliction. He was telling me to Howard, and I, I didn't know this, but apparently he did some research. Howard's standards have dropped as far as what they accept in their school. And I'm talking about Howard and D.C. They've dropped as far as what they accept in their school as far as grade point averages. Um, and he was saying that some of the uh, public schools out here uh, have dropped as far as what they'll accept because I don't know if their standards are getting lower or people are getting dumber or what it may be. Um, but he was saying that there are schools that will accept a 1.5 GPA. For those of y'all who don't already know, Donald Trump recently, uh, his school, Trump University, uh, got shut down um, because they found out that, A, he wasn't giving out any degrees, and B, he was just getting people for their money. Uh, he's now, I guess, being taken to court for fraud, uh, which, okay. But the part that I heard the most was the part about um, him getting money. And so we were talking about how low of standards you can go to get people into your college. And I decided that uh, we're going to make a college that lets everybody in. And we being in California, all of the uh, public schools uh, are University of California something. So Berkeley is University of California, Berkeley. Uh, UCLA is University of California, Los Angeles. We already got a Sacramento State. We got a Sac City. We got a Folsom. We got everything out here. So those are all already taken. And we want to be as public as possible. So, with that said, Nigga Nacho, home of the Nigga Nachos, brings to you their newest business venture. A public school for everybody. It doesn't matter what your grades are. You can come to this school and be a part of us. The school's name, you see these hands. If you can see these hands, you can get into this school. All <laughs> you got to do is square up and you can be a square. You see these hands. UC These Hands is the first school in the United States that is fully hands-on. If you go to UC These Hands, you will constantly be face-to-face -face with some of the toughest professors in the United States of America. UC These Hands don't pull no punches. UC These Hands is ready for you to attack with everything that you got to get a degree. Or you can also get a training certificate in such things as business administration, construction, 
or MMA fight, MMA fighting. You see these hands. You can't beat us. So you may as well join us. We also have a sister school that we're opening up for new parents who don't have time to go to UCD's hands because UCD's hands don't have a daycare. We don't watch your kids. We just knock out your lids. But at this other school that we're opening up, it is solely for parents. And they have such classes as Parent Rearing 101, I Wish You Would, A Father's Book of Threats, First Time, Last Time, Close the door, you letting out the air conditioning. Come get me some ice. And all other classes, preparing new parents of how to be the best parents they can be. So not only is nigga not you bringing you UCD's hands, they're also bringing you the affiliate for parents. You see this belt. You see this belt is going to be... An absolute great time. And we're accepting applications starting in 2044. That's you see these hands and you see this belt. Brought to you by Nigga Not You. Home of the Nigga Not Chos. That was great. That was great. You see these hands. You see these hands. Oh, you see this belt. You see this belt. You see these hands. We will also have (laughs) t-shirts. So if you want to be an alumni, an an alumnus of you see these hands, or you see this belt, just wait. The t-shirt's coming out. It'll have everything you need to know coming soon. Applications are going to be starting up pretty soon, too. Shantae, you see these hands? It's not a place for the faint of heart. That's real. So real. Fat Man Wild, spin the beats. This single simulcast. Girl, don't hide that pussy You should be the type to provide that pussy And let a thug hit it You ain't gotta get dressed or do your hair Girl, I got 24 hours 24 hours It's just me and you I got 24 hours 24 hours 24 hours Oh, 
of a house. Three cell phones still nearly talk about. Might pull your girl with a head knot. I used to off white like eggnog. My baby mama better than these R&B hoes. Tower on the floor looking through the peephole. I ask them who is it, they say room service. Give me one minute, she get a room service. Southside nigga on the west side. Still got a whole closet full of reptiles. The nigga ain't hard, he a reptile. And I just beat it up, I need a head time. Girl, don't hide that pussy. You should be the type to provide that pussy. And let a thug hit it. You ain't gotta get dressed to do your hair, girl, I got 24 hours. 24 hours. It's just me and you. I got 24 hours. 24 hours. 24 hours. Since, cause you stuck inside, scared, watch CNN. 
Just take the precautions so that life will be better. Uh, tell my friends to call me. I ain't accepting no letters. But keep bumping me against the wall. Yeah, I know I let you slide the phone. But until you see me, trust me. Yeah, you had to. Mm-hmm. I know you changed your mind. You ain't the only one with bad news. I know that it made you feel strange, huh? You was right in the middle complaining and forgot what you was crying about. It could be your time and it might be. You can't do nothing about it. It's all good. That's just how life be. One thing is with you, then it's gone. And I'm serious. And you ain't never even gonna feel it until it hit the home. That's when the pain runs sharp and deep. And you ain't even when the days feel slow and long. I know you miss them, so it's time to uplift and try to pick the pieces up and find a way to drive on. Get the truth, so don't lie to me. Get back, Satan, don't lie to me. And that's the way that you gotta be. And when it's over, I hope you're proud of me. You keep bumping me against the wall. Yeah, I know I let you slide the phone. But until you see me, trust me. You ain't seen bouncing back. You keep bumping me against the wall. Yeah, I know I let you slide the phone. But until you see me, trust me. You ain't seen bouncing back.
Single Simulcast, episode 222. Fat Man Wild, Shantae, me. So, um, there's this school, um, that is, um, has a training manual, uh, that has now gone viral. Uh, and the school, um, the reason why it's gone viral is because the school's manual, uh, advises staff that they should wipe the blackboard vertically so then they don't distract pupils with their shaking hips when erasing the blackboard. The advice says tip, when erasing a board, use vertical strokes. Your hips will show the least amount of movement. Horizontal strokes make hips shake, which students may find humorous and thus distracting. And the Facebook page that it is shared with was from uh, ICT with Mr. P. Tech to race standards. So, yeah. A lot of people uh, said take it seriously because one minute you're erasing work from the previous lesson and the next minute you're doing a full-on Shakira impression. Well, another person said, well, what about when picking something up from the floor? Should you stick your ass out and glance over the top of your glasses? Just asking for a friend. Or should you just moonwalk up to that motherfucking and twerk like nobody's watching? Yeah, that's some wild stuff. I, well, obviously these people are being silly. Uh, well, I hope they're being silly. You know, with their with their jokes and everything. But the person who came up with the tip is just like I'm. I'm sitting here waving my hand in different directions to see if my body feels different. <laughs> I don't understand how I, I don't understand how this um, I'm assuming is a man came to the conclusion that wiping vertically minimizes hip shaking compared to um, wiping horizontally. Yeah, I don't, I'm I don't unsure of how one is different from the other, but apparently uh, it's distracting to students. Um, to erase a board using vertical strokes. I are using horizontal strokes. And I mean, I, 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 I thought that I was steady, but now that I'm moving my form side to side, I actually feel A, <laughs> when I move my arm side to side, and y'all can do this, listeners, y'all can do this at home too. Put your hand so then it's in the shape of a C. So like you're holding an eraser and just move from side to side. And me personally, all of a sudden, I just want to do the Beyonce single ladies thing with the ring on it. But I don't feel my hips shaking at all. And I'm wondering if I don't have enough bass, um, if I just have treble, um, <laughs> which makes me sad. Not sad. Yeah, I don't know. I think this guy is tripping. I'm just like, how do you come up to this conclusion that this is the problem? This is the problem that people are running into is that erasing a board is distracting kids. Like, I doubt the kids are even paying attention. Like, I'm imagining a teacher who's using a blackboard. You know, they write down whatever they write down. And then when they're erasing stuff, 
that the kids are fo- either they're focused on doing the work because she's finished being at the board or they're focused on her moving on to or or yeah i'm assuming her because why would it doesn't seem like this is a thing that's being directed towards men so they're focused on either doing their work you know where they are because she's finished at the board or they're focused on her moving on to the next part of the lesson i don't understand how this is that distracting i just it doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense to me i'm imagining i mean i'm I'm not far enough away to not remember what it was like to sit in a classroom and have someone be at the blackboard. And it's like the last, I just feel like the last thing you're looking at is your teacher as far as looking at her hips or anything like that, or looking at the way her body moves as she's doing something, you're focused on the work. Like I can't even think of a, I mean, I guess, I guess there's kids who might make fun of a teacher but I just don't, I don't know. I just don't think that, I think this person is tripping and just making much ado about nothing and maybe shouldn't be worried of, and is maybe projecting their distraction of, I guess, the teacher's hips on the kids when the kids don't, I'm sure the kids don't even care. Hopefully the kids don't care. They're I hope, not interested in it. Yeah, I totally hope the kids don't, like, I mean, they might, but not enough for this to be an issue. I think that this is just, like you said, a guy uh, really just trying to project his own beliefs or uh, misunderstandings upon other people. Um, This is like, um, to me, this reminds me a lot of the rule that came out or tried to come out where they were saying that girls in schools couldn't wear... Uh, dresses to a, sh- uh, a certain size or shorts a certain size because it distracted the boys. Mm-hmm. Where it's not the girls' issue that the boys are distracted. That is solely the boys' issue that they're distracted and they need to uh, grow up and learn how to uh, focus. But instead they put the impetus upon uh, the girls to assist the boys uh, to not be distracted and led down that road to uh, immoral thoughts. This just silly. It's absolutely silly. And if I'm a teacher at that school, I'm moving my arm everywhere. I'm waving it like I just don't care. I'm uh, treating it every time I erase the blackboard. I'm treating it like hip hop parades playing in the background. And I'm wacky arm waving advertising guy and I'm just gonna go absolutely nut job out there cause forget you you can't tell me what to do you're not the boss of me unless you are the boss of me in which case I'm probably gonna sue you for sexual harassment in the first place cause it's just stupid so uh for this next one let me try and get the proper music together one moment please Dear Prudence, I live in one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the country, but on one of the more modest streets. Mostly doctors and lawyers of family business owners. You know, a few blocks away are business or billionaires, families with famous last names, media moguls, etc. 
I have noticed that on Halloween, what seems like 75% of the trick-or-treaters are clearly not from this neighborhood. Kids arrive in overflowing cars from less fortunate areas, and I feel this is inappropriate. Halloween isn't a social service or a charity in which I have to buy candy for less fortunate children. Obviously, this makes me feel like a terrible person. Because what's the big deal about making less fortunate kids happy on a holiday? But it just bugs me. Because we already pay more than enough taxes towards actual social services. Should Halloween be a neighborhood activity? Or is it legitimately a free-for-all in which people hunt down the best candy grounds for their kids? Sincerely, Halloween for the 99%. Eh. Eh. Like, I guess. I mean, to me, it's like, buy a bag of candy give it out to the kids and then when it runs out that's all you have he's like i don't understand how this person is feeling so put upon with the candy it's like nobody's telling you to buy 50 bags of candy to satisfy every single person who's showing up in their overflow overflowing car you know nope you don't have to do that you can give enough to whoever shows up and then turn your porch light off and shut your front door. Doesn't make any sense. This is dumb. This is... Mm. Uh, you ain't gotta give out no candy. You don't have to do anything. This is not... Nobody says it's not mandatory to give out candy. Now, I understand... Now, I do understand if you care that it's so many people in your neighborhood and that they're possibly trampling on your yard or if you know you're you know like it's just it's more people than it is than you're accustomed to and all of that can have an impact on the way stuff looks after it's all over it's, you know if people are just kind of doing whatever they want to and they're kind of being disrespectful disrespectful with people's yards but just the idea of oh my god i have to give these kids candy you don't have to do that that's dumb you don't have to do anything nobody Nobody's punking you into giving out Halloween candy to anybody. So, whatever. The way I look at it is like this. When we were kids, we did sometimes, we did sometimes go to other neighborhoods in order to um, get candy. And the reason why we would go to other neighborhoods wasn't because they had better candy or they had worse candy. It was just because we would walk literally miles away from our house to get as much candy as possible. If we ended up in a new neighborhood, so be it. If we ended up lost, so be it, which we did a couple times. But we were just going. Um, I can't think of a time where we were actually driven to a different neighborhood. But I'm sure that that happens. If I grew up in a place where... It wasn't the safest place to be at at night, uh, regardless if it was Halloween or if it was July 12th, then I, but I, I want to trick or treat. My parents who love me are going to try and accommodate me by bringing me someplace that they feel is safe for that evening. Um, this reminds me a lot of the folks who 
took the woman in Ohio who uh, said that her son, who said that they lived in a different neighborhood, so then her son could be in a better school district. Um, and they took her to court. And I think she did time. Um, yeah, this, I think she did too. This reminds me a lot of that, and it's sad that people step into these realms, um, get to a certain area, and then suddenly forget that they, at one point or another, struggle. Um, the fact that they leave behind their empathy once they get to a certain point just boggles me. It does. I've always um, felt very strongly that my wife and I have been given much so then we can give much to others and be a help to others. And like you said, if you don't want to uh, be troubled by kids from other neighborhoods coming up to your house and ask for candy, turn off your light, watch a movie, hang out. You don't have to answer your door because I don't know how you're judging who the kids from your neighborhood are and who the kids from other neighborhoods are. But honestly, it sounds like it's a racial thing. Right. That is like, cause how else are you going to know? I mean, most kids are walking around in costumes exactly. unless it's like a bunch of, unless it's like a bunch of teenagers or something. Then it's just like, okay, I know who's kind of in my neighborhood and who's not, but it's just, I'm assuming it's a bunch of little kids in costumes. You don't exactly. know who, who's who. And so if you're in that situation where you're saying that these kids who are coming up to your house look like they're from a different neighborhood, then you're clearly showing that you're judging it based on how they look um, or their race. Um, and if they're all in costume, I don't know how you're judging it anyhow, because I don't I don't know. Here's the funny part, though, to me. You live on the outside of this uh, area. Uh, you live in the more modest streets, mostly doctors and lawyers and family business owners. A few blocks away are billionaires, families with famous last names, media moguls, etc. You want to know something that's just going to grind your gears, something that's just going to miff you? You're going to be so miffed after you hear this. The folks a couple blocks away... Those billionaires and famous last names and media moguls, they think the same thing about you. <laughs> when you I mean, step into their area, <laughs> they're like, security? How'd they get through the gate? I'm sorry, Shantae, you were saying something? Oh, no, I was going to say, they might think that. They, I mean, like what you were saying, they might think, like, oh, my God, here comes these dregs of society coming to get our candy. Or they, or if they really do have that much money, they may not even, you know, you may not even be able to get up to their front door. They might mm. just be so glad that they have that gate that they don't even have to worry about people trick-or-treating at their house because they can't, you know, nobody can get to their, nobody can get to their door. They don't have to worry about it. I don't know. This is just so it's so mean, you know, but, but it's, it's mean in an unnecessary way. It's like you're concerned with something that has a really easy remedy, you know, and you're not worried, you know, and you're not worried about, you know, you're worried about giving candy. You're not worried about if these people are 
leaving candy wrappers everywhere. Like, you know, it's like it's one thing if it's just like, oh, my God, these kids are getting this candy. But then there's, you know, it looks like a party happened in our neighborhood because there's candy wrappers and things everywhere and everything. That's not what they're saying. It's just there's a presence and I feel some kind of way about this presence. And I don't want to deal with this presence. I don't want to give this candy away. And it's just, you know, and like they're doing, like it's like, and then comparing it to a social service or something. It's just dumb. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just like these kids, it's, it's candy. It's not food stamps. You know, or what, or whatever. It's just, it's candy. It's not a social, you know, you're not a social worker or something. It's just, it's just candy. It's a package of Starburst that probably has, you know, two oranges in it or something. But whatever, it's, it's candy. It's okay. It's a, it's a fun size thing of M and M's. Nobody's gonna die. It's, I don't know. And the thing it's that gets me is, I mean, we're talking about Halloween. It's not even the worst holiday to just have random kids over in the neighborhood. The worst holiday for kids to be in your neighborhood, honestly, isn't Halloween. Not even close. I mean, maybe. Maybe close. It might be second. It might be. The number one worst holiday to have kids in your neighborhood, and I mean any kids, other than your own kids, because your kids are under your control and they're good everybody else's kids suck the worst holiday to have kids 4th of July Mm. 4th of July is a horrible holiday because if there's kids there's going to be those punk ass fireworks and if there's those punk ass dud fireworks there's going to be punk ass kids with punk ass fireworks in the middle of the street lighting them off while you're trying to drive down the street so it looks like the fucking purge out there while you're dodging people's fireworks yep and it's the smell and then the stuff you know like you know because it's not like people are picking up their um exactly their their leftover whatever and throwing it away it's just it's just there it's just paper and burnt up fireworks just strewn about everywhere And I know at least one apartment complex that is burnt down because people were lighting fireworks on 4th of July. So I'm cool. You and your issue with uh, poor kids and Halloween, I hope they come back on 4th of July because y'all have M80s and stuff like that. But I'd be remiss if I didn't read the response uh, to this letter because this was actually a letter sent to Dear Prudence on Slate.com. So the uh, response went a little bit like this. All right. Not again. <coughs> Dear 99, in the urban neighborhood where I used to live, Families who were not from the immediate area would come in fairly large groups to trick-or-treat on our streets, which were safe, well-lit, and full of people overstocked with candy. It was delightful to see the Little Mermaid, Spider-Man, Ghost, and the occasional axe murderer excitedly run up and down our front steps, having the time of their lives. So we'd spend an extra $20 to make sure we had enough candy for kids who weren't as fortunate as ours. There you are, 99, on the impoverished side of Greenwich or Beverly Hills with the other struggling lawyers, doctors, and business owners. 
your wine makes me kind of wish that people from the actual poor side of town come this year, not with scary costumes, but with real pitchforks. Stop being callous and miserly and go to Costco, you cheapskate, and get enough candy to fill the bags of kids who come once a day to marvel at how the 1% live. Bong. (laughs) (laughs) I got to applaud. I mean, I've never heard such awesomeness come off this website, but yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just candy. That's what, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to just, it's cute. I mean, like she's saying, like, it's cute. I mean, because it's kids and costumes and they're so excited, you know, to say like, oh, well, I'm so-and-so or I'm this or I'm that or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's one day a year, you know, that if you want to give the candy, that it's cool. And if you don't, don't. It's just, it's just so extra, you know, to like, well, tell me it's okay for me not to do this. So it's just like, well, you should know it's okay for you not to do this. It's your house, it's your money. You don't have to spend anything. You don't have to do, you know, just, I mean, it's just, it's such an extra thing. It's just like, I feel like at this point, everybody knows kind of the, the trick or treat rule, you know? So it's like, if, if their porch light is on and their door is open, you know, they're, you know, okay, this is more than likely a, uh, a house that you can go to. Cause most people, when it's, you know, especially now, since it's, you know, October and everything, it gets dark early. Most people shut their doors, you know, since it's dark outside. So if the door is open, you know that it's probably a good place to go ahead and go. And then if the door is not, if the porch light is off, you pass that house by. I mean, that's what we did yesterday. There were several houses that weren't, because uh, we, we drove to another neighborhood, you know, because I live out, we live out in the boonies. So nobody really uh, trick-or-treats up and down our street. So we drove to a different neighborhood and there were some houses where some people had their doors open, their porch light on. We knew it was okay. Some people were sitting down out in front of their garages. So it's even easier for kids, you know, so it's even easier for you to know, hey, they have candy and they're giving it out. And then there were other houses that were dark and you just passed the house by. You didn't even bother. Because why? Because you don't know what those people are doing. They may not be there. They could be people who, you know, have to get up early. So they close up everything really quick. It's just like, why would you bother those people? That's the same thing that this person could have done. They could have turned off their light, shut their door, and like you said, watched a movie. It's just so extra. And I feel like they sent this in. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it. I feel like they sent this in simply so then they could let people know that where they live. I feel like it's a yep. humble brag. Uh, surrounded by a bunch of sadness like I live here and I can't deal with the indignities of having these poor people come to my house which by the way is poorer than the billionaires and all the people who live around the corner from me <laughs> nobody's amused yeah. by the way you were talking about the rules of uh, yeah. trick or treating one rule that I think is good and it's now been uh, stamped in the lore of uh, Instagram and Facebook is uh, if I 
and by I, I mean parents, if we went through the hassle of dressing you up and hauling you around town to collect candy, then we're allowed, we are taking 30% of whatever you get. It's called the candy tax. Oh, yeah. I am pro-candy tax. I am pro-candy tax. And the kids always act so shocked. Like, how dare you? But it's like off top, homie. Like, back up. I might take the candy while we're walking down the street. Do I diddy diddy dum diddy do? I might. Just, hey, is that a Twix bar? Did they did they put a Twix bar in your bag? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to give me all of that. Nisha and I, we call candy on the way home. Nisha calls <laughs> all the Snickers. I call all the Twix. It's okay for some of them because for Triple, he's allergic to nuts. So he'll give up the the uh, the Snickers without any issue. Uh, for the Twix, though, he ain't trying to give it up. So I got to remind him of what I can take from him if he don't give up the, the candy. Sometimes you got to get a little bit more forceful with that candy tax. But they recognize. Recognize. That's a good rule. 30%, I think that's a little bit low, though. I think I deserve, like, 45%, 50%. Especially if they trick-or-treat the way that we used to trick-or-treat, was we, which is we would go out with a pillowcase and uh, come home with at least, at least three-fourths of the pillowcase full of candy. At that point in time, if you bring home three-fourths of a pillowcase of candy, yeah, I'm going to need more than 30% of your candy. I'm going I'm to need like 45 out the gate. And I'm not talking about Tootsie Rolls or Sugar Daddies or uh, Bit of Honey or uh, Jolly Ranchers. I mean, I'll take Jolly Ranchers. I'm talking chocolate. Real life chocolate. I want the good stuff. Put it in my hand. Stamp it. If I don't see it, I'm running up in your room. I'm flipping your whole life over and I'm pouring the bag out on the ground while you stand there and watch me. I don't want no licorice. I don't want no red vines. I don't want none of that old stuff. I don't want none of them uh, hard candies that you can find in your grandma's purse at church. I don't want no peppermints. You better not give me no toothbrushes. You better not give me no uh, granola bars. All I want, I, I don't even want no regular chocolate. Don't give me no Hershey's Kisses. I want the ones with the toffee and the almonds in it. I want deluxe stuff. I want it off the top. I don't even want Butterfingers so they get stuck in your teeth. Just keep that to yourself. Better run it. Better run it right now. Run the jewels, homie. Show me what you got. Drop it. Act like you know what's up. If a nickel bag is sold in the park, I want in. And I want the Starburst. And I'm going to open up the package. And if it's both oranges, guess what you got? You got two oranges. But if it's two red, I call those. I want red, pink, and yellow. And you know what you get? You get to live in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Nisha will tell you out the gate. We take candy. When you have uh, Halloween cracking off, for us to walk behind you, me personally, I'll walk with you for about an hour, an hour and a half. And then I start dropping hints. You ain't tired yet? You ain't a little bit tired? Oh, that video game you was playing, that video game seemed cool. If I start dropping hints, every mile we go after that, you run in your pockets. I'm taking blow pops. 
I'm taking M&M's. If you got peanut butter M&M's, peanut M&M's, M&M's, run them. Run them. If you got Snickers, Nisha gonna make you run them. We run up on kids. We ain't bag snatching anybody else, but our kids know what's up, which is why they only trick or treat for like 30 minutes now and they go back home. Do they really? They don't. Do because we go to Harvest Festivals and, and trunk or treats out here in Cali now. They don't even go door to door like they used to. We go to churches. And the churches have, like, carnivals and stuff like that with bounce houses and all that kind of stuff. So we go there, and they'll fill up. But they don't, these kids, they scary now. They don't want to take the pillowcase because they don't want to look greedy. I'm like, you better take that pillowcase. You don't even use I mean, the pillowcase. I got it. I don't even use pillowcases on my pillows. I only use them for candy. You can have Almond Joys, though. I don't, I don't, I don't eat those. Or mounds. Yeah, I think I just want, I just want, I want Starburst. I want the Skittles. I want the, uh, the Nestle Crunch. Okay. Uh, I'll take the, I'll take Hershey Kisses. I'll, you know, I, I like candy. I, I, and I will actually, um, eat Tootsie Rolls, you know, but I'm not, I'm not a, a Jolly Rancher fan. I, I need candy that can actually, uh, when I bite it, it actually has an impact because I'm afraid I'm going to choke and die. So I don't like Jolly Ranchers or anything like that. I'm not really a big Jawbreaker fan or anything like that. Um, I'm here for lemon heads, cherry heads, grape heads, any of those things. <laughs> oh, so like the Boston baked beans and all that kind of stuff? Well, no, not the Boston baked beans, but really just the, 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 the head ones. Not okay, the- so lemon heads, uh, uh, the Johnny Appleheads or whatever it's called, yeah, and then the cherry ones, and then they had the grape ones. What about Warheads? Yeah, I was, I, I will. I'm, I'm here for Warheads. I like sweet tarts. I have my kids didn't get any. See, my kids yesterday, the you know the the big one, the nine year old, he was more focused on coming back home and watching Netflix. Like it, it kind of wore it, it, it lost its luster fairly quickly. And then the five year old wasn't really worried about walking, so she was on her dad's shoulder. So it got to a point where, like, you know, you go up a block and then you come back down the block. And after that, they were ready to go home. So they really didn't get a whole bunch of candy. I did not really get to implement a, a big candy tax on either of these kids but I, I got a little bit of something but you know they just really wanted to get dressed up for a few you know for a few minutes walk around say who they were and then they were ready to come home hmm. so they are not the pillowcase kids at least not at this point hmm. just wait <laughs> um let me see what else what else okay threaten kids take candy uh uh get money um oh um, oh yeah 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 we hear a single simulcast uh we believe in a lot of things we believe uh that it is good to laugh it is uh good to uh, cry. It is good to have open and honest conversations uh, that encourage growth and understanding amongst uh, 
all parties, all races, no matter what. Uh, we hope that people can come to the middle, find a middle ground in regards to uh, issues that are plaguing America. And um, we really just want to make you feel like you are a part of a uh, family. Uh, we really want you to uh, take part in what we are building here uh, at Single Simulcast. With that said, nigga, in March, nigga, nigga, check this out. So in March, uh, all that stuff goes out the window because we going to start doing live readings here on Single Simulcast. Um, every week, we'll be reading a chapter. We're going to call it... Uh, I'm not going to call it book club. That is so basic. Hey, the basic ass book club. That's what we're going to call it. Um, no, that's, that's, I don't think on it. Basic ass book club, my work. But the first book that we're going to read is something that, uh, comes out in March. I think that everybody should, uh, be, have their ears perked up. Uh, to hear the live reading that we're going to do. The first book that we're going to read. And uh, I'm going to give you some uh, poet reading snaps for this one. The first book that we're going to be reading is uh, In Full Color. Finding My Place in a Black and White World. By Rachel Dolezal. Mm. And... No, um, one of the best things about this so far is the uh, catch, the 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 lead, the the interest uh, headline, the the statement on her Amazon page for this book, which again comes out on mm, March twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. Um, if you want, you could donate money to uh, pay for this book. But, you know, regardless, we doing this. So, a lot of people think they know what Rachel Dolezal is. Not who, by the way. I didn't read that incorrectly. A lot of people think they know what Rachel Dolezal is. Okay, I'm going to read this the way that it's, it's written. You're just going to have to... Bear with me for a second. Like I said, this is just probably a sample of what you'll get in the live reading. <clears throat> me, 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 me. You know, I always wanted to be a voice actor, so I, I got to get that on point. So let me go ahead and uh, try this out real quick. <clears throat> a lot of people think they know what Rachel Dolezal is. Race faker. Liar. Opportunist. Crazy bitch! But they don't get to decide who Rachel Dolezal is. What determines your race? Is it your DNA? The community in which you were raised? The way others see you? Or the way you see yourself? On June 11, 2015, the media outed Rachel Dolezal as a white woman who had knowingly been passing as black. 
When asked if she was African American during an interview about the hate crimes directed at her and her family, she hesitated before ending the interview and walking away. Some interpreted her reluctance to respond and hasty departure as dishonesty, while others assumed she lacked a reasonable explanation for the almost unprecedented way she identified herself. With In Full Color, Rachel Dolezal describes the path that led her from being the child of white evangelical parents to an NAACP chapter president and respected educator and activist who identified as black. Along the way, she'll discuss the deep emotional bond she formed with her four adopted black siblings, the sense of belonging she felt while living in black communities in Jackson, Mississippi and Washington, D.C., and the discrimination she suffered while living as a black woman. God damn it, that's great. And the discrimination she suffered while living as a black woman. Her story is nuanced and complex. And in the process of telling it, she forces us to consider race in an entirely new light. Not as a biological imperative, but as a function of the experiences we have. The culture culture we embrace. And ultimately, the identity we choose. Oh God. Oh, in God. full I... color. Finding my place in a black and white world by Rachel Dolezal. Coming March twenty eighth on single simulcast. Okay, first that was like a really, really great reading. That was really <laughs> great. That was so great. Like it really sounded like like, you know, you had the highs and the lows and it was it was great, and but I am still so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> Having to take what this woman is trying to say seriously, and then the people who are taking her seriously, and then taking her experience, and then and comparing it to other experiences. Like I think someone compared it to people who um, to a trans person's experience and just all this stuff and it's you know like contorting yourself to say well it's okay I mean this is it's kind of like this it's just like no this woman is a problem but I'm not and I'm not surprised that she has a book because this is the perfect kind of thing you know for someone to you know, decides that there's going to be a book about it, and it just, oh, uh, so I, I can't even uh, wrap my mind around it. And I, I wish I could say, I wish I could say more. I listened to, uh, was it? I think it was something in common, something in common, and they were going, and I can't. I'm not. Do you, you know the woman's name? I don't know her name. I know Michael, but I don't know his wife. Oh, Kim. Yes. Okay. Kim was going off. And I totally was agree. Yeah, Kim was great, you know, but uh, just I'm kind of just flabbergasted that at Rachel Dolezal and this whole and and then calling it she was outed as a white woman. It's just like what? Like what do you mean? Like I mean, like 
I know what they mean, but it's just and it's that thing of kind of using a language that using terms that are used in situ in in other situations, much more dire situations. Because you know, if someone is um if someone is uh homosexual but they're in the closet so to speak and they get outed before they're ready to you know let the world or let whoever they need to know that this is their this is who they are that it's you know that bad things can happen you know that someone could get hurt you know all these you know just you know, there's reasons why they might be about their safety that they might feel like they need to do this or they're not ready to, you know, be public with whatever part of their life they need, they want to be public with. Where Rachel Dolezal is just, she had an affinity for blackness and then just decided to wear it kind of permanently. And then there's people... Who I mean, she's not only doing this, but then there's people who are just like, yeah, well, yeah, Rachel Dolezal. Like, I, I, I like, I. It's so weird because it's just like, did they? I think there's been instances like there's been pictures of her and stuff where she does kind of look like she could have been somebody's really super duper 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 light skin cousin sister whatever. So I'm not so, I guess critical of those people who kind of like saw her at a glance and then kind of was just like oh yeah you know and not even really think about it but then it's just like are there other people who saw her and was just like you know what I don't think she's black I think she's she may be a white woman pretending to be black but they just ran with it and it was just like it was totally okay they just didn't mind you know because maybe because of who she was and her degree and her affinity for blackness and how they felt like maybe she, I don't know, maybe they felt some kind of, I hate not knowing what the word is, but it just felt validated, I guess, that here's this white woman, you know, who doesn't have, who this white woman who is white, who could walk around and do whatever she wants to do. And she's taking on this identity that is kind of, maybe in their head less than her own natural identity and so for her to take that on she I don't know they I don't I don't know I'm just this whole thing kills me and I hopefully I can make it through listening to what she has to say as far as her book is concerned in March because of this hit you know the timeline and everything and I really have tried not to say anything about it because it's so stressful you know, just listening and you know and it was so stressful when this all came out you know when it first hit and you got people who you got black men who seemed perfectly fine that this woman was doing what she was doing and then you have black women who were just like this is some bullshit this is whack and the black men are like well y'all are just haters and all this different kind of stuff like somehow black women can't be um hurt or bothered that this woman is is taking on some aspect of our identity and running with it and 
and and her experience being more valid as a black woman you know even though she's a white woman somehow it being more valid than an actual black woman's experience it's just like here's this here's this woman here's this white woman who is pretending to be black talking about you know who has written a book about the discrimination that she faced as if there's not actual black women who have faced discrimination who could probably you know who can write a book about all kinds of different things and this woman gets a book deal for this fuck shit <laughs> but okay so i'm gonna stop but yes that's where i that's where i am with it i'm gonna stop though honestly yeah honestly I could have probably heard you I, I probably could have listened to you talk about her forever that's so real that that and it it kills me how many uh, black men at one point or another uh, said that she was the perfect black woman uh, because she was a white woman who looked black right but as we are, as black women have known for a very long time, and as I'm learning more and more every day, niggas don't like black women. Niggas just like black pussy. Yeah, they might not even pussy. like that. Hmm? I said they might not even like that. Like, not really. You know, like they'll, like, like they'll, they'll get in it. But it doesn't even mean that they really like it. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, coming in March to single simulcast in full color, finding my place in a black and white world. Fat Man Wild, it's been the beat to this single simulcast. This is another single simulcast music break. <laughs> 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 Sound full of myself a rule, but you ain't looking at no other dude. Cause you love me. I'm sorry, baby. So you think about a chance. You find yourself trying to do my dance. Maybe cause you love me. Mm. You do well. So then we try. And I slow down because you went used to how fast we touched. We touched Then we like eyes And I knew I wasn't there And I was gonna tell your ass up I know that I'm carrying on Never mind if I'm showing off I was just wrong You know I want you, baby I'm ready to bet it all Unless you don't care at all But you know I want you You should stop from Tell her you gon' call her ask how it was And she's gon' love it Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah So then we tried And I slow down because you went used to how fast we touched Fast we touched Then we like eyes And I knew I wasn't there And I 
I'll yeah. keep the blunt going around and yeah. I'ma rip yeah. what the hook gon' be? Uh-oh. See, I don't need no fucking hook on this beat. Yeah. All I need is a track in the background. Yeah. My head on loud, keep yeah. the blunt going around and I'ma rip People always saying, man, it must be nice. No high, no nothing, not a simple house life. You understand the money's good, but I'm still from the hood. So don't be asking for no inch and be expecting the foot. <laughs> Unless you want a foot I know a few crooks that can place you where you need to be put And it might not cost me, player Got a Benz pepper interior paint salty, player And we all push it But me, I push it real good Brains blown out, chromed out, real, real wood Catch me on your local, dirty Or in the studio doing vocals, dirty I'm the same dude that came through with my crew Let the girls do me while you do you And um, all I need is JDB to be banging I'ma come up with these verses that I'm usually slanging I'll be ripping the land. What the hook gon' be? Uh-oh. See, I don't need no fucking hook on this beat yeah. All I need is the track in the back Where all my headphones loud Keep yeah. the blunt going around And yeah. I'ma rip the yeah. What the hook gon' be? Uh-oh. See, I don't need no fucking hook on this beat yeah. All I need is the track in the back Where all my headphones loud Keep the blunt going around And I'ma rip the yeah. What the hook gon' be? Uh-oh. See, I don't need no fucking hook on this beat yeah. All I need is the track in the back Where all my headphones loud Keep yeah. the blunt going That was simply sensational. sensational. Single, Single simulcast will surely surface speedily. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs>What's going on, everybody? This is JVB from TalkingAboutGames.com, the Post Game Report, the Bad Dudes Livecast, the Jose Betancourt Podcast, and Community Manager for the ECA. When I'm not rubbing hot cocoa butter all over my hairy back and butt cheeks, I am listening to Rashani on the single simulcast.
like a truck, but I just want to. I met you through Jimmy. Yeah. I met you through Joe. Yeah. I met you through Sonny. Ah. They said that you the hoe. So here we go with the conjugal visit. Yeah. Conjugal visit. I'm a bus in your face, conjugal visit. Yeah, conjugal visit. It's all over the place, conjugal visit. Ha! You got here too slow, so I busted on the flow, conjugal visit. Play that, warlord. Keys for a guitar anyway, man. Shit's impressive. <sighs> Conjugal visit. <sighs> man, I met this one girl on Facebook or YouTube or something. I told her I was a doctor, right? told her I made five million dollars every three years. I told her I got locked up for malpractice. She believed me. And she gonna be here in about five minutes. For that conjugal visit. Yeah. Conjugal visit. I hope she gets here soon. Conjugal visit. Ha. Conjugal visit. Gonna drive her to the moon. Conjugal visit. Yeah. It's ten minutes past, so I'm getting in that ass. Hi, I'm DJ. Look, you know I tied it up. And listen to you sing a sign cat. Rep for Sean. Episode 222. Fat Man. Shantae. Me. You. 916-572-9016. Single simulcast at gmail.com. Um, so, on the case of appropriation, uh, misunderstanding, and just taking something that black folks do and just running running with it Neiman Marcus which is a uh, a high end clothing store Uh, I've only seen it once like I think they have one uh, in Folsom they might if not then they have one in Santa Barbara I know I've seen one somewhere recently uh, on a drive by but uh, they aren't for us I know that much. They're not for me at the very least. Um, any place where one of the um, categories on their website, any place where one of the uh, categories is fashion finds under $500. Or, uh, uh, yeah, let's do this. Some of their feature clothing uh, for men. I'm looking at men. Uh, some of the feature clothing for men 
include Brunello Cuccinelli, Burberry, Yusimi, Javinci, Gucci, Prada, Salvador Ferragamo, Tom Ford. They have a section for fashion finds under $500. This is not a place for me. Honestly. I'm not saying it's not a place for anybody. Probably that woman who uh, was complaining about the people trick-or-treating in her neighborhood. This is probably a place for her. But it's, you know, out the gate, not my cup of tea. They sell food. They sell... Uh, broccoli cheese casserole. They serve a baked bean medley. They serve a barbecue sampler. And they serve collard greens. Neiman Marcus has a $66 collard green that serves 8 to 10 people. Their collard green seasoned with just the right amount of spices and bacon. That's the quote. That's the uh, the the catcher. That's the that's the, the that they have on there. Sixty six dollars for collard greens. And fifteen fifty shipping. Oh, you're right. Eighty one fifty for collard greens. And I'm curious to know what's just the right amount of spices and bacon. I'm dying to find out. I'm not dying enough to buy them, but I really am curious to find out. I'm just shocked that a place like Neiman Marcus thought, you know what, we should make collard greens, and if we don't make that, then we should make almost cheesy potatoes for $76. It ships fully cooked and frozen. All you got to do is heat it and serve it. Serves eight to ten people. I don't know about you, but I've made collard greens at home. And collard greens to serve eight to ten people costs about $24 tops. Right. That's what I don't understand. Like, how is anything $66? You know, regardless of shipping, that's $66. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Because then it's like, okay, well, now you start adding in, like, let's say you're going to have your Neiman Marcus Thanksgiving. I could, it's got to be astronomical as far as how much all this stuff is going to cost if the collard greens are $66. I mean, it's $80 for a baked bean medley. Like, beans do not cost that much. Like, just $65 for broccoli cheese casserole. Like, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to charge that much for something that you're basically going to heat and eat, I guess. 
Because I would think that the quality is going to be a lot. Like, no, that was one thing. If somebody's going to come and actually put the effort in and put it together and everything and in your house. Like, yes, you're paying kind of for the labor. But it just seems like if it's heat and eat, I would think that it's, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm thinking that it's not as labor intensive. And maybe that's just my naivete I guess or whatever but it's just I'm just thinking like there's all kinds of frozen food frozen meals that are in the grocery store that don't even cost that much and I would think that it can't be that much different because you need it to it needs to be frozen but I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know it's just it's it's just I would think that it's just it's not fresh food that it's not going it shouldn't cost 66 dollars to get to your house with 1550 shipping it doesn't make any sense it looks appetizing in the picture though which of course why wouldn't it why wouldn't it look appetizing i mean because it's food photos i mean of course they're going to pick the best looking photo it looks good i'd eat it it's just i i wouldn't pay 66 dollars i I'm one of those people who I tend to think of what I could be doing with something else, like what I could be doing with the money that I'm spending on something else. Like, for example, when I go to get gas back in the day when gas was like four dollars a gallon and and uh, the price of a tank of gas would routinely get up into the 70s. I would be thinking about all the other stuff that I could be doing with 70 dollars worth of money. Uh, But instead, I was using it to get gas. I'm just thinking about all the stuff that I could do with $81.50. As far as a food standpoint, like you're to quote Jay-Z, if you buy the collard greens from Neiman Marcus, you just took $81.50 and you made it into a hot side dish. I right. made it into a hot meal. Because for $81.50, I can get ribeyes, I can get porterhouses, I can get lobster, I can get crab. Nigga, I can make gumbo for $81.50 and have money left over for eggnog. I realize that Neiman Marcus isn't made for me. But doggone it. Don't take something that we all know we all know what it would cost we all know how it should taste and first of all don't take it and pretty much probably price it out of all of our price ranges and then try and say that it's made the way that mama would make it they're not saying that but you know just the right amount of spice and bacon Let's 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 ask that question. When's the last time uh, you've seen anybody put bacon into greens that isn't black? When's the last time you see somebody make greens that isn't black? I'm concerned about the uh, snatching of cultural items that we do. I'm concerned about snatching of things that we eat. And gentrifying it. They literally gentrified our food. 
They priced us out of it. And somebody's going to buy it. So if you do, if you're the one who buys it, please let me know how it turns out. I want to know what the right amount of spice and bacon is. And how it compares to my idea of spice and bacon. (sighs) So, yeah. This just doesn't make any sense at all. It just doesn't. Oh God! It's just sixty-six dollars, you know, and sixty-five dollars for other stuff, eighty dollars for other stuff. A whole holiday turkey dinner for four hundred and ninety-five dollars. Mm-hmm. Like why? Why? There's no like come like no, no. Like, even somebody who doesn't really have it, you know, to say, like, you know, to really, really turn up, you know, for a Thanksgiving dinner, but like maybe it's going to feed, you know, themselves and two or three other people, they are not spending anywhere near $495, you know, and they're probably, and you know, and they got a turkey and they have sides and they have, you know, ingredients for, you know, maybe a pie or a cake or something, you know, just something there's there no no it just doesn't make any sense and then you know there's places that do sell kind of heat and eat food you know like omaha steaks and whatever all that kind of stuff their stuff is it's no way it's not 400 and something dollars you know it's not almost 500 dollars to have a whole uh thanksgiving meal like i think they're selling something that might be a hundred and something which makes kind of makes sense. I could totally see somebody spending a hundred and something dollars to kind of create their Thanksgiving meal, you know, for like four or five, six people or whatever. So, no, this isn't $500 does not make any sense. I don't understand what, I don't understand the logic to have 500 to, to charge someone $500 for what looks like a really regular ass uh, Thanksgiving meal, like it or a, ho- a holiday dinner. It just no. It serves eight, and someone has priced it at four hundred and ninety-five dollars. It does not make any sense. I do not understand. Unless this is like the best, unless this is like the best food ever, when you pop it into the oven or the microwave, it tastes as if you have, you know, spent, you know, hours and hours prepping and doing everything. Like it tastes like you actually cooked it and didn't like heat it, heat it up. Like, I, no, this doesn't make any sense. I wonder how someone found it though, too. Yeah, you know, because all over Facebook, right? But it's just like, how do you even get on Neiman Marcus's website and search food or find it? You know, because I would think that you're focused on, you know, it's a department store, so you're focused on clothes or jewelry or shoes, or you know, you go there the same way you would go if you were looking at J.C. Penney or something you know you're looking at certain things I don't expect food to be at JCPenney any more than I expect it to be at Neiman Marcus but there it is there's food at Neiman Marcus 
so I guess. I mean, shout out to Chef, shout out to Chef Kevin Garvin. I guess he's the one who makes this the holiday dinner from Nina's Marcus Chef Kevin Garvin. There's 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 food at IKEA. Go get you some uh, meatballs if you're that hard up for food. Save your money. Don't fall for the okie doke. Don't believe the hype. Come on. So. A Steuben County man was arrested at the Livingston County Jail on Sunday on an aggravated drunken driving charge. About 6 p.m., an apparently intoxicated man was reported in the jail's lobby. Rex Crooks, 52, told deputies that he had come to the jail to pick up a family member who was serving weekends at the jail. However, the man was due out at 6 a.m. on Monday, not 6 p.m. on Sunday, the sheriff's office said in a news release. A breathalyzer found that Crooks, who allegedly drove to the jail, had a blood alcohol content of 0.31, which is more than four times the legal limit. He was charged with aggravated driving while intoxicated, which requires a BAC of at least 0.18%. He also received a parking violation. So for those y'all who, for those y'all who that was like the uh, ending of the Sixth Sense, where at the end of it you finally heard what happened. Let me say what the first uh, sentence was: A Steuben County man was arrested at the Livingston County Jail on Sunday. What? <laughs> You gotta be drunk to think driving drunk to the police office or the police department is a good idea. Gotta be. Only a drunk person. I mean, I mean, honestly, who is such a horrible family member that they wouldn't say, okay, I'll go get whoever it is instead. I'll go get them. You stay here. Like, dude, take a bus. Take a bus. I'm lit. I'm all the way in. I'm going home. I'm slurring all my words. I'm gone. I'm feeling great. Who said nah, man? You got to come get me because my clothes are in your back seat. What convinces this dude to drive up to the jail the day before he was supposed to pick him up? Drunk as a skunk other than alcohol. Some folks just don't think. Some folks Mm -hmm. just drink. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. I uh, I feel like he's an idiot. (laughs) And I feel like he should do more time than anybody else for driving drunk to the jail. And then standing there and expecting that they're going to let his people go. (sighs) We are going to skip ahead to the serious stuff. Because stuff gets serious. So, um, there was a 5K that was ran in Syracuse uh, this past weekend. 
and Case Col- Chase Coleman, who's an autistic ninth grader at Corcoran High School, uh, was running in a cross country race um, in Rochester when a middle aged stranger attacked him. The man got out of his car, shoved Chase down in the road, and yelled, Get out of here before driving off, according to witnesses. And a few days after the incident, the nonverbal 15-year-old runner handed his uniform back to his coach and quit the team. Now Chase's mother wants to know why Rochester authorities refuse to press charges against the man who admitted pushing Chase. She fears the answer is this. Chase is black and disabled, and his attacker was white. Whatever the reason... 57-year-old Martin McDonald of suburban Pittsburgh was not charged. Here's what happened, just so you know. Uh, Martin said, well, Chase was running in his maroon Syracuse West cross-country uniform with a race number printed to it. And he was in the middle of the road when McDonald stopped his car several feet away from the runner. The road was not closed to traffic. Chase's mother, who did not see the incident, speculates that Chase may have been confused about where to run. McDonald admitted pushing Chase to the ground, police said. When asked why, he told an officer, quote, he thought Chase was going to mug his wife and take her purse, according to the police report. His wife was sitting in the front passenger seat at the time of the incident. McDonald said he was concerned about Chase's intentions because, quote, some youths had broken into his car recently. McDonald also told an officer to chase an hour respond when told to move out of the road, police said. So, again, an autistic young man is running a 5K cross-country race gets lost uh, takes a different path than where everybody else is taking runs to a road Uh, while he's running to the road a man is in a car who is with his wife uh, safe because this 15 year old kid is a cross country runner who obviously isn't trying to harm him he's got a number on his shirt and everything showing he's a cross country runner And for some reason, this white man takes the offensive and hops out the car and berates the kid and pushes the kid down and then says it was in self-defense that he hopped out of his protective vehicle to push this kid around. But he's not going to jail because probably, maybe, likely because he's white. Yeah, this fight, this fight and this situation reminds me of what happened to Trayvon what happened to Trayvon Martin where he someplace you know and someone sees him perceives him you know sees a threat and then gets out of their car to do something when they should have just stayed in their car this man should have stayed in his car and kept it moving and it's stupid that I'm sure 
that he tells the police, oh, well, somebody broke into my car or I thought he was going to do something and I'm sure it's just fine. It's just, I, I, I mean, I hope it's, I mean, it's fine because if it wasn't fine, he would be at least in trouble, in some type of trouble. He would be being reprimanded. Someone would be saying, you should have stayed in your car. And they would, you know, the police or someone would be saying, it's not okay that this man saw a teenager in a track outfit and jumped out of his car and did something to him. Like, you you know, if it wasn't okay, these people would be saying, use common sense and look at what, you know, look at what you see. Why didn't you help if he's just kind of in the street? Just, just, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. I wish, I wish that that, I wish that that boy didn't have to go through that. And... Chase is autistic. Um, Chase does not communicate. Uh, his autism uh, renders him uh, unable to communicate. And quite often he has to ask other people for assistance uh, with doing things. Um and so he was running track it was the first event that he actually enjoyed doing it was the first activity he actually enjoyed doing he frequently came in last place um which was what was happening again in this event he was way behind everybody else when he got lost um and this man attacked him and that's just I'm sad for Chase because this scared him away from a, from something that he really enjoyed doing. And there's nothing worse than uh, giving up something that you love because somebody else uh, scares you into it or scares you out of it. Not cool at all. <sighs> yeah, it says he's been doing it since seventh grade. Like, that's a long time to be doing something, you know, to, to, to be playing a sport. And now it just gets, it gets snatched away because this, this asshole couldn't stay in his car. Felt like a big man while he was pushing around this black kid. He felt like a, like he was on top of the world. And then as soon as the cops came, oh, well, I was defending my wife. If you get out the car and you start pushing somebody around, obviously you're not defending anything. And the fact, again, that he didn't know charges, even though now they're saying that they're going to open up an investigation on it now that everybody's gotten mad on Facebook, that's the way it always seems to work out now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's definitely, oh, well, let's make it look good. You know, we care. It's just like, no, you don't care because you could have said something. You could have, you know, it could have been a story saying that we talk to this man and we feel like this is not the kind of uh, this is not what we would expect an adult, how we would expect an adult to treat a child you know, to treat a teenager it's just mm -mm. no, that guy saw a black kid the way a lot of people see black kids and saw a threat 
and his little and his explanation, his justification for seeing that threat was okay until you know the streets got a hold of it. Now it's a like no, no, no. It's an, we're gonna investigate whatever. So. Uh, we haven't spoken on this yet, but the uh, there's a protest going on right now in um, South Dakota um, in regards to the Dakota Access Pipeline that uh, is currently being forced on a uh, Indian reservation. Uh, the pipeline will cause their water to be tainted. It will uh, kill many of the uh, plants and wildlife that is around that area. And it'll uh, forever really cripple the uh, area that they live in. And we hadn't talked about it because we only do one show a week. I think that's the best reason. It's been on, uh, what, I think it's been since about last Wednesday or Thursday that it, that I really took notice of it. And I want to thank Leslie Mack from the Interracial John podcast, who, as uh, happens a lot of times, is my beacon as far as social issues, um, things to be aware of. Um... But a statement was made yesterday by the Sacred Stone camp uh, that said there is no solid line between organizers and others. This is a movement, not an organization. There are many camps and points of contact. We can only verify that the Facebook check-in action did not originate from the Sacred Stone camp Facebook page. We support the tactic and think it's a great way to express solidarity. There is no doubt that law enforcement combs social media for incriminating material and monitor communications. The check-ins have created a huge influx of media attention that we appreciate. Our growing massive social media following plays a key role in this struggle. We have been ignored for the most part by mainstream media, yet we have hundreds of thousands of supporters from across the world. We appreciate a diversity of tactics and encourage people to come up with creative ways to act in solidarity, both online and as real physical allies. We would like to see these thousands of people take physical action to demand that their best, that their banks divest, their police force withdraw, and the Army Corps and Obama administration halt the construction of this pipeline. We would like Citibank, Bank of Tokyo, and Mizzou Bank to cancel their pending $1.1 billion loan to DAPL. We also like to see people connect with indigenous and environmental struggles in their own bioregion. We'd like you to investigate and organize around your personal relationship to fossil fuel consumption and colonization. To plug into a solidary action, Go to https nodapplesolidarity.org. They need one hundred to one they need ten thousand to one hundred thousand people to join in there on the ground. I just I feel like I 
want to know more about what's going on uh, with Dapple, with uh, with uh, the the um, with this pipeline, because I was reading a story today in which a group was stating that they didn't support uh, the protest, that they were actually mad because um, it was getting too difficult to get to their homes and people were blocking their streets and that uh, people who didn't even know who they were were uh, bossing them around and talking over them and treating it like it was some sort of Burning Man festival things of that nature so I'm going to keep doing research on this within the next couple days uh, we should have more information about um, this pipeline I'm hoping that uh, some of our friends can uh, get on and let us know more about the pipeline but Shante do you have any insight what what I what it seems like from what I've read is the pipeline was going to be someplace else, uh, perhaps uh, where white people live, and they were like, nah, because they uh, uh, were talking about the the environmental impact and and all the stuff, and they were just like, no, you are not gonna fuck up our water. And so uh, this company moves it to this other part that is land that was, uh, I think it's the Sioux. It was land that was given to the, I hate calling it given. It's so stupid because, you know, it's their land. But the government, you know, the United States government, uh, there was a treaty. I think it was an 1851 treaty. I'm not sure what the name of it is that says that this is their land. You know, this is your land to, you know, this is your land. And so now, uh, but now this company is like, well, we're putting the pipeline in, you know, but the, the, the Sioux that are there are like, no, you're not. And, you know, I think there was a court case, but I think the court ruled against uh, the, the people who were protesting. And so it's basically, it seems like it's basically been go time as far as the, uh, the company is concerned, you know, trying to build the pipeline, you know, but they're obviously having to contend with, well, not even, well, they're not having to, it doesn't seem like they're having to contend with the, the protesters. The protesters are having to contend with, with, the the military and the the police or whoever's out there with their their tear gas and their their guns and their tanks and and everything else out there basically you know you know our militarized police out there enforcing the will of a company over the will of the people you know over the will of yeah over the will of people and their need for clean water like I just I don't understand the logic of putting well I I know why they're doing it I feel I feel like I know why they're doing it they put it here because they feel like those people don't matter 
they feel like they can't do anything that they're that no one's going to care that's that that's what i feel like the logic is it's just like oh these well we won't put it here where these white people are and they're upset about their water you know let's put it over here you know and then you know let the chips fall where they may you know because who cares about these people who cares about these native american people over here you know and it's just it really sucks i mean i really i wish i had better words to to articulate it but it just it sucks because this is their land it's their land it's like people you know people shouldn't be able to just run up on you and just take your land and just say well you're going to have to deal with this bad water when it comes because that's what's, I mean, because if, it, if, it, if, it, if, it, if there's going to be an environmental impact, eventually, I would think that someone's going to have to to help these people. Or maybe not. Maybe not because the water's bad in Flint and nobody seems to be really doing anything about the water that's bad. You know, with the land that's, you know, that's in, the, that's in Flint, Michigan, it just seems like it's just the cost of doing business. That we're going to fuck up your water. Maybe. Or we're going to fuck up your land. And you're just going to have to take that L and kind of deal with it. Um, for, you know, and the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, and, and, and the government is going to co-sign it in some, you know, shape or form, some kind of way. Whether it's the government saying, whether it's like the government, you know, like, whether it's like the legislative branch or whoever saying, yes, you guys can go do it. Or it's the courts saying yeah we understand that you tried to stop it but we're siding with them you know just somehow the government is going to be like this is cool and you just got to take it and it's just I realize that they're saying that oil pipelines need to get built in order for oil to make it from one part of the state to the other, to make it from Alaska down to the United States, things of that nature, blah, 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 whatever. But if they keep talking about making the planet green and having these green initiatives and all of that, shouldn't it start with them shutting down these pipelines? Shouldn't it start with figuring out a different way to find sustainable energy? Shouldn't it start with them cleaning up the water that they've tainted and destroyed so then we have something to drink and something to live on in the future? I just don't understand the logic of this pipeline that is going straight through this uh, reservation. Um, it was actually supposed to go through a nearby town. The nearby town voted no, so they immediately decided to just go ahead and run through the reservation because really who's going to care if it runs through a reservation? As you can see, there's been no media uh, talk about it, no widespread media up until the Facebook uh, status update started happening, and then all of a sudden... It became a big story because of that. It's just sad to me. Um, many young people's lives are going to be forever changed because that is there. And that's just endlessly fucked up. Fat Man Wild, spin the beats. This single simulcast. Thank <laughs> you. 
I guess I ain't got no reason to mingle around I found a superwoman that could leap from the truck in a single bound Mommy, I'm trying to bling you down Some niggas without shades on Can't say it when I bring you round She put her lips on the weed And pull it to work her tongue And make me come faster than a speed And bullet her love stronger than a locomotive But only for the F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S Sing to me, ma my chest, Engraved and gray, you whip that mic. Usually get my chips some tight, but only green I keep from you is kryptonite. The wind that blowing red suit fits your hips so right. I be like, da 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 da. Damn, it's like I'm under your spell. A feeling you is a crime. They gon' have to put me under the jail. You probably hear the details that I be in everything from layers to CLs with my share of females, but you know I care for you. And anytime this nigga's there for you. These feelings I only share for you This makes it a little more clear for you That
Single simulcast, Rashani, Fat Man Wild, Shante. Um, so, a Uber driver in Washington, D.C. Uh, has been accused of kidnapping an intoxicated female pastor from a bar in Washington, D.C. Uh... The Uber driver kidnapped the blacked out pastor that he picked up at the bar and took her to a, 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 a um, Maryland hotel instead of her home, cops said. Um, West End Pierre drove 10 miles with an intoxicated woman. 
from the District of Columbia bar where her friends held the ride. And the driver from Greenbelt was arrested on Thursday after authorities reviewed surveillance footage showing Pierre carrying the woman into a room at a College Park motel. The news reports that Pierre spent some time in the motel room before leaving. Police believe he then used her credit card at a nearby 7-Eleven, according to the TV station. He faces kidnapping and assault charges after the incident. It's unclear how the woman who lives in Virginia was assaulted. Additional charges are pending. Uber spokeswoman Brooke Anderson described the incident as upsetting. Quote, the driver has been banned from the app and we have been working closely with police to support the investigation, she told the Washington Post. Which, you know, is scary enough as it is that an Uber driver would assault a passenger, um, that an Uber driver would kidnap a passenger, that an Uber driver would take advantage of a uh, passed out passenger, um... And it would be even scarier for this wasn't the first time that this happened. But, uh, of course, it's not. Um, June 4, 2014, uh, USA Today reports that Uber driver kidnapped drunk woman. Uh, September 14, 2016, uh, Minneapolis CBS local quick team thwarts Uber driver's kidnapping attempt. Um... September 8, 2016, Kansas City, Missouri. After requesting Uber ride, couple says driver kidnapped them. Um, Huffington Post. Uber driver accused of kidnapping and raping female. Uh, Valley Wag. Gawker. Uber driver arrested for allegedly kidnapping a drunk woman. June 4, 2014. Driver arrested in Los Angeles uh, on suspicion of kidnapping a woman with the intention of sexually assaulting her. October 14, 2014, a woman was taken on a bizarre two-hour-long Uber ride through Los Angeles and states that she was briefly kidnapped by her driver. I'm a fan of Uber. I've taken it once. I didn't take it the second time because it was too expensive, Um, but I strongly feel like they need to shut down uh, Uber until they can monitor better the drivers that they're hiring right now as far as i can tell the drive the uh, stipulations to become a driver is you have to have a clean driver's license and you have to have a newer car and i think that's it which leaves a lot of men able to drive around trolling for women who are at their almost most vulnerable due to the fact that they're contacting you and they're in need of this ride. So they're asking you to come to them, not knowing that you are looking to assault them once they get there, once you get there, that you're looking to kidnap them, rob them, kill them, rape them. And it's just scary. And I think that since this is such a new industry, uh, both Uber and Lyft need to take steps to uh, better regulate and mandate who is able to become an Uber driver because at this point in time um, it's so unsafe that I could see them losing a lot of business 
due to substantiated fears about who's driving them home that night. Shante, you got any thoughts on it? I just think this is terrifying. You know, it's just one more thing for what seems mostly women to have to worry about. Like, it's one thing where, okay, you're going to go out and you're going to try to have a good time and you go out and have that good time and you're worried about your drink or you're focused on this or, you know, and so then you think, okay, I'm going to get home safe, you know, or your friend is hoping that you're going to get home safe because at least in the, in the first situation, you know, the friends get the ride for the friend who was intoxicated. And so, you know, you're trusting your friends. Your friends are trusting the, the Uber driver to, to get you home safe. And it doesn't happen. I mean, she ends up in a hole. I mean, I can't even imagine waking up and you don't know what's going on. You don't know why you're not home. It, it's, ter- it's, it's terrifying and it is and it's messed up and it's not just you know and it's not just the you know the potential for kidnapping I see women talking about how they don't go home you know like they don't necessarily uh, get dropped off right at their house because they're worried that the Uber driver or the Lyft driver is going to push up on them and harass them or try to holler at them or all this you know it's just these weird things that women have to deal with and it sucks and it's stupid you know because a man should not be able to just like Lyft like you said Lyft and Uber need to strengthen their background checks as far as or something that hopefully there's something that can be done because in a way it feels like there's nothing that could be done if you are somebody with a clean driving record and you don't have a record record you know you don't have a criminal record for someone to say like oh well to to act to automatically x that guy out but i would think that there's got to be some kind of but i but there's still the people who harass people who bother people there should be ways to you know uh complain and they should be off the road and it shouldn't be okay because it does feel like it's just open season it just feels i mean if all you need is a good car and a clean driving record then it's just like of course some guy's probably gonna be like oh man i could go you know i could do this my car's cool. I can drive. And maybe every once in a while, I might be able to, you know, push up on somebody. Just a sucks. Got any shout outs? I uh, want to send a shout out to my brother, as usual, because he's probably listening while he's at work. I also want to send a shout out to Josh. Hopefully he's listening. He said on uh, Instagram that he subscribed to the show. So hopefully if he is listening, hey, Josh. And uh, yeah, and shout out to everybody who's listening, downloading, uh, buying shirts, sharing, you know, just supporting single simulcast. Um, 
I just want to say again that it's eggnog season. Uh, help a brother out. Uh, shout out to everybody who recognizes that it's real out there. Um, did I tell you what happened to me when I was drinking eggnog? That yes. It spoiled. Yeah, and you had you tasted something like it was something hard, or wasn't it? Is that what you said? It was something yeah, hard. Yeah, it was oh. crunchy. That's just messed up. Crunchy. So now I need people to donate so I can have a second chance. Give Rashani a second chance at eggnog. Let me find love. Other than that, thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who's sharing the show. Um, thank you. Shout out to uh, everybody who supports the show through purchasing stuff, supports the show through sharing, supports the show through subscribing, leaving reviews. Um, y'all are the lifeblood of this show, and you're greatly appreciated. Um, thank you to uh, Tally for the uh, No uh, Dakota Access Pipeline story. Uh, thank you to uh, Rachel Dolezal. I'll be uh, reading her book real soon. Um, again, this is Single Simulcast, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. And uh, she's Shante. I'm Rashani. Uh, Fat Man Wild, spin the beats. We out. Peace.
do me wrong Like Bob Marley, I'm a smoke until my brain is gone Mr. Weed Man, you gotta do me right If it's the bomb, I'll be back every night Of my city, of my neighborhood. 
Seeing dope fiends living off canned goods. Fifteen niggas on the corner. And niggas die young in California. 5 would get a dope case and flaunt Have your ass on America's most wanted. But I don't slang or either gangbang. And though my old school homies do the same thing. I still got love cause you gotta live. So you can give. And raise a family, G. But you gotta do your best slinging D-O-P-E. So keep a grip on yourself and stay mellow. And welcome to the ghetto. Clever. My pillow hacks might be 
become a snitch for the boss. Ain't no telling that's what hell told Mel. Told Mel, 10 mil. Didn't make a nigga bleed for the street. Drunk niggas with the gauge is low. 55 kicks in them Asians' hoes. But I don't want the D because the game be fucked. Strip a motherfucker for his cars and money. Tagged up a 600 SCL. A three-way split, me 40 and sell. About my mail, I was bound to have. See you fucking with a motherfucking savage. I watch me turn into Wooly Willie Max. On a mission for my mail, and you know for sure we gon' get it. It's the first bit. Give me your text so I can flip it. And when I do, she ain't gon' see a penny of this shit. Crying, having fits, but I'm in it for the skrilla. Gotta fertilize your cash and make it greener. greener. Electronic scale, triple beam. Triple beam. Just as snaky as I wanna be trifling, dude. Going by the book and sticking to them rails. Ten is the limit on the card I'm holding. Holdin'. City bank visa, but the card is stolen. The stolen. Retail price just paid me half, paid me but half. you gotta come back. With the cash, cash. But a Skrilla Bay Hope it don't come back and haunt me Got bumped with like seven different crews different Cause crew. I didn't jack it and act and did dirt to them fools Watching my back, watching my back Looking over my shoulder, over my shoulder Hell is cause I heard them niggas got grenades I'm from the base, so regardless of what I'm caught up in the tangle Can't get up out of Dodge with this federal people on my ankle Motherfuckers don't ride fed no more Get no snatched up the 965.0 Took it to the hills and get stable, man While a nigga ride off in the stank Man, I need some ends, but to get the ends, I gotta see it. But then let me play the nigga live about what I'ma spend. Bring me a pound, I got it sold on the side of town. You got that, yeah, you want y'all play? Who that's how it's going down? Bring in the zippers, and I'ma bring the body ripper. The big dipper with an extra 30 round clipper. He brought it back, way down to the bullets. Little did he know I had his name engraved on my bullet. Jumping like a full serve, nigga pumping gas. Had that heat for his ass, took his jacket and all his cash. I made him filler, money help me bless filler. Straight killer, I did it for the thriller. Simulcast. Don't know my name, and you said.